Welcome back to the Eclectic Conversations podcast, where we dive deep into the world of photography, live entrepreneurship, and doing things differently. Today, I am beyond thrilled to introduce a very special guest and a dear friend of mine, Kirsten. She is an amazing wedding photographer whose work and business is truly inspiring. Kirsten isn't just an amazing photographer. She's also a great entrepreneur who has successfully navigated the complexities of managing a multiple six-figure business, but what makes her journey truly, truly remarkable is how she's balanced this with impressive professional growth with the joys and challenges of parenthood. In today's episode, we're going to explore Kirsten's unique perspective on juggling a thriving business while also being a mom of two kids. From her daily schedule to the mindset and strategy of owning a business, Kirsten is here to share her insight and experience experiences. This conversation is such a great resource for anyone that is looking to excel in both their professional and personal lives. And so without further ado, let's welcome Kirsten to the show and let's dive in. I am excited to get into your background and learn more about you because I know you're a working mom, you own your own business, you're doing this, you're doing that. You always have like business plans and I'm just excited to talk to you about it. So let's just start with your story, like how you got into wedding photography and entrepreneurship in general. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you can start anywhere, make it as short as possible, as long as possible. Awesome. I'll hear Perfect. it all. So I'm Kirsten. I own a wedding photography and videography company. I also offer portraits and boudoir sessions. Um, so quite literally, I do it all. I started 10 years ago and officially started my business nine years ago. So I only know entrepreneurship as a mom. I started my business when my daughter was a newborn. And I now have two kids who are nine and six. So I've had my business with my daughter being a newborn and then growing a business while also growing my family. And during that time, I have transitioned states. I started in California and moved to Texas. Um, And also during that transition, I went from being married to being a single mom to being a co-parent to now having a partner who helps with the kids. I am the sole provider beyond, you know, the physical help with my kids. My ex-husband helps pay for half of both of our kids' sports and like healthcare. But other than that, like I provide fully for them. So I've seen a lot of transitions throughout entrepreneurship and motherhood that aren't necessarily easy, but I have found ways to overcome those struggles and to be able to provide for my family and continue to grow my business to multiple six figures. Which is so so cool because I feel like even when I started photography, I wasn't like married. I w- I didn't have kids or anything. And like all the photographers that I would see were married, had kids, all of this stuff. But what I saw personally is like a lot of photographers were married, but they weren't like mm-hmm. sole providers. And I basically had to be that for like my my yeah. little partnership. And so all I ever saw was like, you know, photographers that are only booking like 10 weddings a year because they don't need to yeah. book more because they're not providing for their entire family. And so it's 
cool to see you be basically the sole provider doing something that doesn't seem like you would make money out of, like photography. I mean, like my whole life, it was like Mm -hmm. starving artists, like you're never going to make money doing photography or art or anything like that. So just like seeing this like whole new world and like meeting you and like seeing you thrive is just so cool to me. How did you approach like being a parent and starting a business? Because you said you were a parent before you started a business, Yeah. So I went to school to be a therapist. I was a marriage family therapist while I started my business. And it got to a point where I was like, okay, I I have this degree. And to be able to make the living that I want to make, I'm going to have to work different jobs and do multiple different things to be able to have the life that I want. And at the time I was doing therapy, I was like doing my side hustle of like doing some portraits and like charging like $50 and like doing second shooting and so not associate work, um, second shooting and assisting work and to see what the back end of a wedding was. But I was literally making nothing doing it. I'm serving and wearing all these different hats and I knew this wasn't the life that I wanted for myself and it wasn't the life that I wanted for my kids. So I made a decision to start taking photography full time. If someone could pay me $50 an hour to make, to do a session, I knew I could make more in that short amount of time than I could sitting at an office for eight plus hours a day and seeing multiple clients a day and also having a boss over me. So for me, I didn't have, it was kind of life or death for me. Like I had to do something to provide for my kids. So I just went full force for it. How old were Penelope was a newborn. So Penelope at the time like was just, just born. Yeah. Oh, wow. So that's crazy. Who got you your first camera? Did you I literally just went and bought like a random Nikon from Amazon. What got you into photography though? Like what where was that? Like did you see yeah, someone so else I like always like I had always been into photography. It my aunt always had a camera. She made scrapbooks and like I would like model with her. Like we were just like go take photos but growing up that. and I loved it. And then my friend who has a son the same age as Penelope got her son into what's called brand repping for kids. It's like Instagram influencers for children. So we were in this like mommy and me group together and her son, also a newborn, was like wearing all these like super cute clothes. And like after this like mommy group, she would like take photos of her son wearing these like brand repping clothes. So. Yeah, I don't think I ever knew the story of like how you actually yeah, got so into Yeah, so she was like, hey, like Penelope's super cute. I was like, yeah, no, she looks like a kitten. New words are cute, but sure. Like, yeah. It was like, let me get her some clothes and like we can take photos of the kids together. So that's how like I really got into it again. We would take the kids out and do photos of the kids together wearing these clothes and get free clothes in exchange. And then things just started kind of snowballing. People would ask me like, hey, like, can you take pictures of my kid? And I was like, sure. Like for me, it was an outlet, like a creative outlet, 
outside of hearing people's personal hell stories in therapy, I was seeing people's yes. happy moments and seeing like joyful life rather than hearing about everything that was going wrong. And so that's how I got it started. And it just like was like, hey, I'll do your family session for $50. Hey, I'll do this for $50. It was always like, let let me do it. Let me do it. And then I was yeah. like, wow, like why why am I just doing this for $50? Like I could really make yeah. a living off of this and take away, you know, one of my other streams of income that wasn't making me happy anymore. Uh, no, that's so crazy. I think when I started, it, mine was $75. I think that was like my... <laughs> I probably did start off like at $50, but I just like specifically remember like doing like senior sessions for $75. So that's so funny. You're like, okay, $50. Okay, that's good. But like we can go up higher, which is so funny because like, I don't know, like at the time that felt like so much money for me making $50 for a session. Like that just felt like so Well, the way I thought about it then, like now, now seeing how much I charge versus then, like to me, I wasn't making $50 an hour at my other job. So for me, it was like, I am going yep. to this session mm-hmm. for just an hour, not thinking about any of the back end work of it. And I was like, I'm making $50 an hour. That's m- more than like most professionals make. Because mm-hmm. at the time, do you know, like I wasn't thinking of it as a business and that's that you have to have when running a business. Yeah. And at the time, you probably didn't have a lot of expenses anyway. So it's not like you were like, really, you know, the profit was still pretty good, even though it was only $50 for that one session. And you probably spent like another hour like editing. So it it really wasn't that bad. Yeah. Because when I first started, it was like, I was serving. So $50 was like a lot of money to make for like, you know, a session. (laughs) And I liked doing it. So it was even better. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like, why not do it? Yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Amazing. I want to get into how you got into photography with a newborn and how that didn't just like, I, I don't know. I feel like I would struggle just like with balancing. And I know that's a term that kind of gets thrown around a lot. It's like work-life balance, but like you kind of still have to create some sort of balance because you have kids. And so it's like, how do you create like a schedule? How do you like, I don't know, manage all this time and responsibilities of like both things? Because they're both really, really demanding, especially at the very beginning when you're trying to figure out. So things then look much different than they do now. I will say like, the systems that I had in place then were so loose. Honestly, I will say the most stressful time for me was starting my business because I didn't understand what being an entrepreneur was and what a CEO of my business was. So it was almost like riding a wave every day. Like it was just like, oh, I have a session to edit. I'll edit it. So at the time then, I will be honest, like it feel, it felt like Every time I had a session or every time like I had multiple things on my plate, it was like a wave hitting me and I was just like sinking underwater. It wasn't until year like two, three of my business where I was like, okay, I need to start putting things in place and I need to start running my business as a business rather than just like a side hustle. And it really took having my son, Theodore, who like pushed me into like, Okay, this this job, if this if we're going to make this work, we have to we have to charge more, we have to make more money doing it or we have to give it up. So it was kind of one of those things where 
I was in between a rock and a hard place and I decided like, okay, I have to make this work now. So let's put the systems in place. Let's create a workflow. Let's figure out what your experience is for your couples. Let's figure out like how much you're actually going to charge to be sustainable rather than this is a side hustle. I'm just bringing in a couple extra hundred dollars a month to provide for my family. Yeah. How long do you think that took you like from like when you started, you know, doing the side hustle and then like being like, okay, I, I maybe I, I need to start taking this seriously or yeah. stopping that. Because I feel like a lot of people think it's like really, really fast. Like it's just kind of like, you know, again, like overnight, no. but I feel like it takes a while for you to get to that place. And I want people to know like it takes It takes time. so much time. It so for time. me, it was three years. So Penelope is nine. Now Theodore is six. So there's a three-year age difference between them. Um, and it wasn't until like two and a half, three years where I was like, I need to make this work and I need to be able to put those systems in place to make this work. Once I put those systems in place and was able to organize my business, that's when I started to see an actual return in my business. So I would say the year three, year four was my mo like when I started to see like this business is profitable and I can make a real living off of it. Okay. Okay. Well, wow. Yeah. I mean, that, that took a while. Like three years is quite a long time for you to like, you know, do the side hustle and then be like, okay, actually let's start doing this as a real business. Cause it also takes time for like your mindset to kind of like shift with like your reality and just kind of like, you know, people just don't think about how long it actually takes. Like they think it's just like, oh, we all just became photographers and we all are successful yeah. for like a year or something. But no, it, it takes so much like, time. Talking about mindset for me, it was so huge because I used to remember telling people like they were like, oh, what do you do? I was like, oh, like I'm a therapist and like I do photography on the side. It was always like photography on the side and words have so much power. So every time I said that I was diminishing my business. So when I took back that power and I said, I own a photography company, that's when I really started seeing big changes in my business because I no longer saw it as a side hustle or just an extra stream of income. I saw it as a business. Oh my gosh. Life-changing. Yeah, that is life-changing because I, I felt the same way. It was almost like, oh yeah, I just do photography. Like it's just like a little, a little thing I do. Like it, it wasn't like anything like, yeah, like I own a business because I mean, you technically do own a business, <laughs> but it's almost like you think people won't take you seriously. It's or for me, it was like almost like embarrassing yeah. for some reason. I'm not really too sure why because no one ever really looks down on like entrepreneurship or like business owners. But I think it's because it's photography where women, it's like kind of artsy. So it doesn't really get taken seriously as like a doctor. And obviously, I'm not comparing right. the two because two different roles. But But still, it's not like at that level where people, I don't know, are like, oh my gosh, like that's amazing. It's just kind of like, oh. Yeah, you do photography. Like they probably think that you well, don't make me, any money, and that's just for the me, stigma. It was really hard because I went to grad school. I have a graduate degree to be a therapist, and I felt like I just checked that box off. Like I felt like I did that because it was expected of me. While I did love psychology and the therapy aspects of it. Looking back, I don't think I could have ever done that as a career until I retired. Like I 
it was soul sucking, but also changing the mindset of the people around me because I would get like, they would just make side comments like, oh, you have to go do a session today or like, oh, you're going to take pictures today. It was like they would minimize it to a point where I became embarrassed of it. Um, So training the people that you're surrounding yourself with to like, no, this is a job and this is a career and this is how I provide for myself and my family was huge as well. Yeah, that's kind of, I mean, that's that's what happened to me too. Even like my boyfriend when I first started would make like little side comments and I'm sure it was like out of good intent. Like it wasn't like he was like bringing me down or anything like that. I don't want to yeah. say anything crazy, but yeah, it was just kind of like, no, I'm, I'm doing this. Like I I really had to, yeah, like you said, take back my power and be like, no, this, this is a business. This is what I'm doing. I'm a photographer. I own a business. So I, yeah, that's, oh, that's so good. I'm glad that we talked about that. But going back to like time management and everything like I want to know like how you create your schedule like I tell everyone I'm like she is the most organized person I know she is so like you're so disciplined like you're like you're always working and I just want to know like how you do it honestly first thing is for me is like you have to respect your own time and energy before any before you can expect anyone else to respect your time and energy so for me like my planner is like an extension of me. Like if I could have it attached to my body, it probably would be. Um, I write everything down. So for me, creating a schedule is huge, but not just like writing down one, two, three, four. Like I start with what I call my glass balls. Like what is it that I have to get done this week that is essential to my business? So like whether like an, a galleries do, like that is one of my glass balls. Is it the first of the month? And if so, like, then I need to start doing my uh, my write-offs for the month or my mileage for the month. So for me, creating a schedule is huge and knowing what your glass balls are. When I am going through, so every Sunday I do this, whether or not I have like a wedding that night or whatever, I write down every all my glass balls for the next week. And then I write out my calendar daily. So like today... I had the podcast interview. I have a sales call and a wedding consultation today. So those are my glass balls. And then I fill in what I can around those responsibilities. And then I write out what are my family and personal responsibilities. Both my kids play sports. So I know like I can only work when my kids are in school. I have them Monday through Thursday typically. So I know from the time I drop them off from school at seven o'clock until I have to pick them up from 2.45, like that is my block of time to work and do anything personal for myself um, because those other times are for my kids and for my family. So I create my schedule to fit in what I need to get done for my business, but also for what I need to get done for myself. Which is amazing, by the way, because I, I don't know how you stay so disciplined. It's almost like, I, I, I don't know, maybe my brain just doesn't work like that, but you are just so disciplined. I'm like, how does she I mean, do it all? It's not, so wild. For me, it's, I, I love the word disciplined, but for me, it's like, I know what needs to get done. And I know that there's no one else that's going to get it done for me. And I would rather get it done now than get it done later because I'm just going to think about it all day long that this needs to get done. And I would much rather go to bed at a decent time than stay up 
until the middle of the night knowing I have to wake up and be a mom and still like make my kids breakfast and get them to school on time. Yeah. So when it comes to having kids and like, I don't know any different, you know, like I've, I've had to be a mom the whole time. So it may look different before kids. Um, I know when I don't have my kids, when my kids are at their dad's house, like I don't mind working past five o'clock, but when I have my kids, like that is the time that I need to be present for them. So discipline is a great word to use to me. It's just, it's just, it needs, I have to, well, I have, have to, do. to do it. So whether I do it now or whether I do it when my kids go to sleep, I would rather do it now because during that time, it's like, I want to sleep too. Or like, I want my own time to like watch a TV show, relax with my boyfriend, play with my dog, you know? Yeah. Did you, were you always like that though? Like, were you literally like, since you started your business, were you, were you like creating a schedule? Like, this is what I need to do. Or did it, did that take um, some I've sort of I've been time? like this since like high school. So this is just okay. like, okay. Yeah. So it's a good trait to have. This is how I have always been. And I've just been able to utilize it now in business. And it's changed. Like I know that there's different seasons. Like right now I'm in busy season. So my schedule looks a lot different than what it's going to look like in February, March, and April, you know? And what is huge for me is communicating that with my family and with my children and with my partner and letting them know like, hey, this is a busy week. I'm not going to be able to be present for everything. Like it's, it's physically impossible. Like Penelope plays soccer. So like I communicate with her like, Hey, I have a wedding on your soccer game. I'm so sorry. I can't be there, but like, can you text me afterwards so I can celebrate with you? Or like the next day, like, can we celebrate like your win or loss, you know? So communication is also key. Yeah. But, oh, and that's also just like the beauty of like owning your own business too is like we'll have like busy months, but then there's going to be months where we're not that busy. And so it almost like it, yeah. it kind of like balances out and you have like your slow season, you mm-hmm. have your busy season. So I really like that about owning a business is that you can create like a really cool schedule or you can just like, yeah, create your own schedule, which is nice. So do you have I, I think I saw in your Instagram story maybe yesterday or something that you like track yeah. your hours. Do you did you just start doing that? So or that is that? something that I did and then stopped doing and now I've just become like pretty OCD about it. I track everything so I know like how much time I'm using on my business. It also helps me know that so I can organize my collections and my offerings to be profitable. So like, for example, like if I know that it takes me from the time I they inquire from the time I like send off their like final wedding album, including their like heirloom album, that I spend 40 hours on a client. This is just like a random number. But if I'm spending 40 hours on a client, I need to make sure I'm being paid for that 40 hours of time. So for me, that's why I started doing it. So when I'm looking at my numbers next year, I can really see like, is my time being valued? And am I being paid for time? No, that's so good. Yeah, I I definitely need to start doing that because I kind of guesstimate how much time I spend with each client. And it's probably way less more than Uh, I think it is because I mean... I'm just not even good with time to begin with. So I always think things are going to take way like way less time than they actually do. And then when you start tracking it, you're yeah. like, oh, 
So I actually doing it definitely longer now also so I can see when I'm creating my schedule because I got kind of upset with myself because I was over scheduling things that I needed to get done. I was putting a lot on my daily calendar and I wasn't able to complete it all. And I was getting upset with myself because I was thinking I was getting behind when in reality, all I was doing was over scheduling and over committing myself. So I started tracking how long it was taking me to edit like certain sections of weddings. That way I knew when to put those on my calendar and on what days. So that's why I track. Another good thing about tracking is if you know on average that you work, this is these are just rough estimates, just say 60 hours a week, and you get seven hours of sleep a night. If you do that math, then you have roughly eight hours a day to be a mom, be a partner, and have time for yourself. So that can take off some pressure to get everything done because you have eight hours and eight hours is quite a lot of time. Um, And that's also scheduling in seven hours of sleep. So how you spend that eight hours is up to you. To me, like that's being a mom. I have to drive my kids to and from school. I have to make them dinner, breakfast. I have to pack them lunch, all these things, take them to and from sports. But that's just an average. Yeah. And and that's a lot Mm -hmm. of hours worked. So Some people don't even have to work that much and still have more time. And I think more people need to think about like tracking hours because even when you said 60 hours working Mm -hmm. a week and you have eight hours, that's actually, that doesn't even math to me. I'm like, wait, what? That's crazy that you Mm -hmm. would have that much time at the end of the day. Wow. Maybe maybe we should all start doing that. So homework for everyone, start tracking your hours. Because you probably definitely start tracking your hours. I use a free app called Toggle, um, T O G G L, and they have an app for your phone, for your computer. It's a there's also a website. So highly, highly, highly recommend it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I used to track my Mm -hmm. editing time because that was something that I was putting a lot of pressure on myself. Is like, oh, I can get that done like in two days. Yeah, can't do that. Like it takes me so much longer now than it did at the beginning. And so just trying to figure out like how long like an average gallery would take me um, really made a difference because I was like, oh, wow, it takes me a lot longer than I think. Like, I think I can get it done in like three hours and that I can get through a section maybe in like, you know, an yeah. hour. So yeah, tracking tracking time definitely needs to be done for sure because it'll show you how much time you actually do have or yeah. don't have, which which is really nice. And I know that you mm-hmm. outsource some of your editing. Is there anything else that you outsource or are you, are you going to start outsourcing in the new year? Like talk to us about that because I think a lot of, you know, I'm I have a partner and, you know, I have time for them, but I don't have kids, so I don't really need to outsource that much of my business these days, but I know like when I do have kids or when I like want to have kids or whatever happens in life, maybe more dogs probably in my future, um, I'll want to outsource a little bit more. And I have outsourced in the past, but I just feel like, you know, it's slow season, so I don't really outsource anything right now, but I know you do. So talk to us about that. Outsourcing for me is huge, especially with having kids. I do outsource my editing. That does not mean I don't edit anymore though. I still spend just as much time on my galleries that I did. I mean, it took away half my editing 
um, because I do a lot of Photoshop work. So my edit, my editor only does like my color correction. I still go in and do all the fine tuning of an image. So I do outsource that. Also, I outsource my housekeeping. I outsource my housekeeping. I hate messes. I hate clutter, but I do not have time to deep clean my house. So I have a housekeeper come in once a month to do all of that. And then I used to outsource my childcare. So I would send Theodore to daycare preschool during the week. So I could still work. I know some people don't agree with that. They want their kids home with them. And that's fine. Whatever works for your family works for your family. Um, but the way I saw it was if I was a corporate mom or a working mom that had to go into an office or go to a re retail store or whatever, I would have to send my kid to daycare. I would have to send my kid to preschool. I get to work from home the majority of the time, but I'm still a working mom. Uh, so I outsource childcare and let Theodore go to daycare and preschool, which honestly, from a psychology perspective, I saw that he was being socialized and I saw him thrive in that situation and it got him ready for kindergarten. So I that's outsource your childcare if you can. It worked out, yeah. And I'm sure some I'm sure some moms like feel guilty about it or yeah, they're just like, Oh no, but I want to spend time with my kids. But you know, you have to give and take if you want to own a business. Obviously, if you don't right. want to own a business and just stay with your kids, then that's fine too. But you you have to give yourself to some time to grow your business to make it sustainable to work on it and not feel so like, yeah. you know, tugged from one thing to another. The one thing that I love home. that you just said is that you have it's a give and take. And it's a give and take for me. I would rather be present with my kids and not having to take away from my time to do work. I would rather be laser focused. I would get so much more done if I was laser focused on something and able to work than I was if I was tending to my kids' needs and then tending to my business, then tending to my kid. I'm not giving either one the attention that they deserve. So I would rather outsource my childcare, let them go spend time with friends, get the attention and the education that they need, than, you know, be in between what I'm focusing on. So that was huge for me to really focus on what is most important. Yeah. And it's not like you were, you know, working all day and sending him off somewhere all day and like never spending time yeah. time no. with him. So yeah, I can imagine that's probably what I would end up doing is yeah, outsourcing childcare <laughs> and cleaning. Maybe, you know, one day I'm dreaming of a chef. I too. actually <laughs> like cooking, so I would probably never outsource that. Okay. Um, I would love to start outsourcing and this is something that people could do now it's, it's super easy but like outsourcing like grocery shopping like i hate going to the stores but that's just one other thing is like maybe you don't have some like maybe there's you can't afford daycare maybe you can't afford a housekeeper what are some things that you can afford that can save you an hour of time and going to the grocery store with kids is my personal hell. So I do it right after I take them to school, but maybe you can just have it outsourced and get delivered to your house. Yeah. And I don't even have kids, but I, I don't go to the grocery store. I pick it up. I do like the online thing and then they just like have it already. So I don't even have to go to the store. I just have my list. I go online, 
pay for it and then just pick it up whenever they say it's ready. And that has changed everything because it takes it from like being there for like an hour to just like 20 minutes, just like adding everything to my cart and then just picking it up. So even like small things like that is really easy. And obviously, and when you don't have enough money to like outsource everything else, there's like little ways that you don't have to work eight hours, you know, eight hours a day for everything to get done. Like it's just make it simple at the beginning. That's like my biggest like advice to people starting and they can't, you know, when I was, when I was starting, I could not afford to outsource. I couldn't afford to like, you know, do basically anything because I was in school, I was working, I was trying to, you know, build a business. So I barely had time to, you know, focus on my business, but it was like, I wasn't even spending that much time on it. I was spending maybe like an hour or two on the weekend or like if I wasn't serving, I was doing like the photography thing. So I, I was working, but it wasn't like, it is now where it's like almost like, you know, five, five, six hours a day. It was literally one hour. And it was like maybe posting on Instagram. Everybody's business is going to look different and everyone's life is going to look different. So for me, like you have to find the structure that works best for you. But sitting there and saying, I have kids, I can't do this. All you're doing is training your mind to not allow you to do it. You're making those excuses and therefore that's going to be your reality. Another thing I I hear all the time is I'm so busy. I can't get caught up. That's you not respecting your own time and your own energy. You're over committing yourself. And if that is what's actually physically happening, then do the reverse. Look at your schedule, plan out your month, look at your due dates and break things into smaller pieces. That way you're not a slave to your business. You should never be a slave to your business. You are the CEO of your business. And once you train your mind to think that way, that's when you will actually see the change that you're wanting in your business. Yes. Oh my gosh. This is so mind blowing because it's almost like you try to copy other people too. So like people might see me and they're like, oh my gosh, she has so much time. She can do this. She can build this business, like blah, blah, blah. And like, while that may be true, like I I might have something else going on or like I have to work on my mindset or, you know, it's just like everyone's going to be so different. So you just need to focus on what you can do, how you can manage your time and stop looking at everyone else's businesses because everyone is so different. Like people are struggling with certain things. People have kids. People are going through a divorce. Like you just never know. And so if you're like looking at someone to like be inspired by, that's fine. But like you don't have to copy anyone. You know, like there are photographers that only take five weddings a year. Okay. That's literally not possible for me. Like that's just, I wouldn't make any Like I just wouldn't, I wouldn't be full time. Like, yeah, I wouldn't survive like off of that. I would have to get another job, go back to school, whatever. And so, you know, you don't have to do that, but you also don't have to take 60 weddings a year. Like some people do. So it's like you, you can find your own way. And I think a lot of people struggle with that, especially at the beginning, because it's almost like, okay, well they're doing it. So like, why can't I do that? Um, Something else that has been so imperative to me and watching my growth is being gentle with yourself and realize like figuring out what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are. And once you know what your weaknesses are, either finding help for those weaknesses and out to find coaches that are masters in that area or 
outsourcing those those weaknesses. For example, some people's weaknesses are organization and creating a calendar for themselves. Right. <laughs> Raise your hand. <laughs> Guilty. Keeping on track. So like, who can you reach out to to help you in those areas? Or maybe hiring a VA is something that you could outsource. I have had a VA before and my experience was great. However, I personally don't need a VA because of how organized I am. And I get more upset with VAs because I feel like I can do it faster because in reality, I know I can. So figuring out what your strengths and weaknesses are. Also, like something that I do that I just started doing, I love to read. I do not have time. Well, I do. I I have the time. I just do not create the time to sit on my couch for an hour or two to read. So while I'm editing, I'm playing an audiobook or a podcast. And so I'm still able to get the education and the knowledge that I'm craving without having to sit down and not work during my busy seasons. During slow seasons, I have that extra time. Right now, yeah, no, and I'm glad you brought up the podcast thing because what what did you do when you first started to get education? Because looking back at my journey, think I started with like YouTube and there I think there was like one photographer that I like really looked up to and I got most of my education for free like that's just that's literally how I built my business and then when I decided oh my god this is something that I can do I signed up for a workshop and I actually got help from my friend Jessica to go to that workshop because I couldn't even afford the ticket and because some education is really expensive and that's fine because that took my business from like right. zero to a hundred. Uh, so I don't, you know, I I don't have any issues with the price now because like I would pay it again okay. 10 times. But yeah, like how did you start? Because mine was YouTube and then when podcast became became a thing, it was um, podcast. So mine was pretty much the same thing. I was assisting for various photographers in my area. So I was getting free education that way. Um, I was, but my education was hands-on. So I was seeing like how their experience was on wedding days, like how a wedding day ran. Um, then I was working my way up to second shooting for them. So I was getting that hands-on learning experience when it came to wedding days. When it came to the business aspect, it was pretty much the same trajectory. I was like scouring YouTube. I was listening to or reading business books. I was, I did psychology. So like I already understood like sales psychology, but I was even going to like some of my like psych teachers and talking to them more about sales psychology, business, things of that aspect. Many therapists run their own practices. So I was talking to them mainly about like okay, like after I become like licensed, like how does this work? And it was pretty much the same thing for psychology or like running a therapy um, this versus like owning a photography company and then YouTube. And then I went to my first workshop. I'm pretty sure we went to the same one. Um, when did you go to I, your yeah. workshop? Like oh what gosh, year? I can't even remember what year, um, but it was the same company that ran the workshop. Yeah, I'm trying to think of when mine was. I think mine was 2019. 2000. You yeah, went to the Austin maybe. one, right? And I yeah. went to the LA one. So I'm pretty sure mine was for yours. So it was in 2018 or 2019. Oh my gosh, was it 2018? 
It was at a beginning of the year, but I can't remember. I think it was the beginning of yeah. So I think mine was the fall of 2018, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's so wild. Yeah. Like how, um, how and then after that, which that workshop was, it was great. It really did help my business. Um, after that, I moved to Texas and I invested a lot. It was four figures, right? It was a couple, couple thousand. Yeah. A couple thousand. I, like, I almost <laughs> want to say it was like closer to the $5,000 mark um, where I Yeah. Yeah, I think that's how much I spent. I invested in a yeah, what twenty twenty, right? It was literally because I remember this. Um, at the time, I was the sole provider of for my family. I was still married at the time. COVID had just hit, and I remember telling my ex husband, "Hey, I am going to invest in education," and he was like, "No," and I was like, "Uh, you can't really tell me what to do with my business." But yeah, I, I think I'm going to do it. And it was a scary, scary, scary move because I was paying someone a lot of money knowing that the world was probably going to shut down and I wasn't going to have any weddings for the foreseeable future. And yep, I was in a same. new market <laughs> where I knew nobody and I, I had no idea. So it was a very scary move at the time, um, but it was a great move. It really did help me hit my first six-figure year because before that I was hitting anywhere from like 60 to 80,000 and I wasn't able to like actually hit that $100,000 mark that I wanted to. So I made that huge investment. And then after that, I hired a web designer and a copywriter to build my first like actual like branded website. All my other websites prior were like hodgepodge templates put together. Which is good to know, by the way, because I feel like a lot of people think they just need like the best website, the best thing to start off with. And I'm like, simple is best. Like when you're first starting out, you don't have a lot of time. You don't have a lot of money. Like just start just out with the simplest website. thing. You don't need you a lot because then you're going to get to the point where it's like you, you're like, oh, I, I can yeah. finally invest in something good. And then, you know, make more money. But at the beginning, it's not like that. I think at the beginning, my website had like a bunch of photos, no text, maybe a contact yeah. button, like nothing crazy. It just had my portfolio on it. And I was still booking. I think in 2019, I made like, I think like $85,000. And at the time, I didn't even know that because I was just like going through the motion, just doing what I had to do. And then 2020 was my first yeah. um which is year. crazy because I mean we are we luckily live in Texas where we weren't locked down like the rest of the country. But during trying year that tested a lot of businesses, I know a lot of businesses who shut down that year and I was able to break records for my business. Um, but the one thing that I did take from that that workshop, that mastermind that we did was really knowing your numbers and really becoming the CEO of your business and implementing those things. So now like I don't I don't allow myself to get lazy or flexible with those. I look at my numbers daily. I know how my business is doing daily and I know where I need what I need to do to move my businesses for the next year. I mean, I just invested again a lot of money, more money than I've invested before on just my website copy, because I know that's what I need to do to be able to hit my next 
financial goal. Level, yeah. And yeah, you spent a lot of money on words. literal words. Like, like words. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're, they're writing words for me for a website that is already designed. And I'm just like... Yeah. And and I'm sure like, you know, three years ago, you would have been like, hey, yeah, never, no, like, I'm not spending I, that much like, money. I never even knew a copywriter was something that you would spend money on. Like I yeah. I never even knew this was a thing until becoming an entrepreneur. <laughs> no, it's so true because yeah, you don't really think like I said, like my first website didn't <laughs> even have words on it. But now I'm like, oh my gosh, words are so powerful that yeah, of course you want to spend money on it. Like you don't want to have like typos on your website, especially if you're looking for like right. a certain client, you know, you're at this level where you're like wanting to make more than you've ever made on one wedding. And so of course you have to spend money to make money. So it's like, you know, you yeah, have to so do it. I guess I you don't have you, to, but to, to hurt yeah, certain goals, you, you need to. to <laughs> but I've, they, I know I'm not a master of words. Like I can talk to you all day long and we we can, become best friends and I can sell you on my experience and I could I could do all of those things. However, my website I know is like my storefront. So like when you go to Chanel, you know what to expect. When you've looked at their website, you know what you're walking into. And if you were to go to Chanel's website and it was it looked like Walmart's website, it would devalue Chanel's product. And that is how I exactly. feel about my website. And that's how I run my business. So it was one of those investments that I had to make to ensure that my couples were getting a consistent experience from the time they landed on my website until they got their final gallery. Yeah. And that all has to do with branding, <laughs> which is so important. Like it's the experience, yeah. it's the look, it's the words, it's how you treat your clients. It's like how your yeah. galleries are even delivered. Like it, it has to do with so much. And, you know, you brought up Chanel. They've been doing it for so long. They're like a right. well-known brand. And they have like a certain experience. Like you don't open like a Chanel box that yeah. gets shipped to you in like a little you know, no. bubble package. Like it's going to come to you like with this, like a beautiful branding with like a bow on top. And it's almost like an experience opening. Like you don't even know what's inside. The experience of just opening the box right. is so exciting. So it's even like that with weddings and photographing people. It might not be a box, but it's like how you treat your clients through the whole process, starting when they inquire or e honestly, even starting before they even yeah. inquire with you, uh, which is the most important part is like trying to get them into the door. So I'm glad that you brought that up because a lot of people don't think that, you know, website and copy are very important. They are they so, <laughs> so, so important. Because once I put words on my website, I definitely made way more money than I had ever without any words on it. <laughs> but figuring out your brand is yeah. really hard at the beginning. You have to do a lot, a lot it, of it like years. sessions, a lot of work. And your brand may change throughout the years too. Like your brand is it set in stone. Oh, it's gonna change. Um, and your brand may grow into something different. Like I never imagined that now I would be offering video with my boyfriend. I quite literally always said I hated video. And now like, now that we offer video, I have found like a new passion for video because it shows something that photo cannot show. It shows the emotion. Um, you can hear someone's voice. And for me, like that is so huge. So, uh, 
things change. Businesses change. Your family is going to change. Life is going to change. And being an entrepreneur is riding those waves, but being in control of those waves, not letting those waves take over you. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Well, do you have any tips or any like advice for like photographers either getting into business with kids or do you have like any, you know, any advice for like the balance of it all or any last like little advice for Um, people? I think honestly, just starting figuring out what works for your family, being gentle with yourself is key. Um, Creating a schedule and sticking to your schedule and honoring your energy and honoring and respecting your time because without that, no one else is going to respect your time and energy. So just keeping those close to you who feed that energy rather than take away your energy. All those things are really important. Like we said earlier, tracking your time, just starting. Don't use the excuse, I can't do that. I already have so much on your plate. We all have a lot on our plate. Um, everybody does, whether you have kids or not. So respect yourself, respect your business, and just start putting things into place to create that schedule and that backend experience that works best for you and your clients. Yeah. Do you have like any like mindset tips? Because I think, I think a lot of people struggle with that, especially at the beginning beginning of their businesses. Um, and I'm sure moms have like an even like harder time with that mindset. Cause like when I first started photography, I was like, yeah, I, I risked yeah. a lot, but I didn't yeah. risk kids, which is a different, you know, a different thing. Like I was, I didn't have kids when I was like, you know, if I, if I need to go back to college, if I need to like get another job, I can. And I'm, I mean, moms can do that too, but it's like, you still have to take care of kids. So I feel like that's just like another level that I'll never understand. And so I think that's where, you know, photographers that have kids like struggle with that is like, I'm taking a really big risk for something that may not even pay off. And so just to end this episode with that, if you have any tips on mindset, that would be amazing. Um, mindset is huge. Whatever your mind is telling you, whatever limiting beliefs your mind is telling you, those are false realities. Those are limiting beliefs that were created in childhood from outside forces. That is not true. That is keeping you stuck. Um, my biggest, biggest, biggest thing is ever your brain is telling you whatever you believe in that is going to be a reality. So if you're telling yourself, I can't do this, you're not going to do it because you are telling yourself it's not going to happen. You're telling the universe, you're telling God, whatever you believe in, that that reality is not possible for you. Um, When you start changing your mindset that this is possible, this is going to be hard work, but it is possible things and doors will open up for you. So the more you believe in yourself, the bigger the doors that are going to open for you. I am not telling you that to tell you to like throw in the towel on any like sustainable job that you currently have. So maybe you are working an actual job and doing not an actual job. You have another job while you're trying to grow your photography business. I'm not telling you to just like go full force into full time, um, but take those baby steps, whatever works for your family to make it sustainable for you. Obviously don't lie to yourself. So that's my biggest mindset thing is just whatever your limiting belief is, 
check it, journal about it, pray on it, hate on it, whatever your belief is to challenge that belief and work through it, whether it's with yourself or with a therapist. Ooh, yeah, that's so, so good. Oh my gosh. Because yeah, I mean, even I struggled with mindset for so long at the beginning. I'm Yeah, Mm -hmm. I mean, even to this day, like I still still have to be so Mm -hmm. aware about what I'm saying, what I'm doing. And so yeah, that is that is really, really good. I can't even imagine how hard it is being a mom and like trying to start a business and you know, kind of like taking small little risks. But like you said, like things can take time. You don't have to go from zero to a hundred. You don't have to go, you know, no. quit your job and then just go full time. Like everyone has different circumstances. And I'm sure there are some moms that did that and, you know, made it, made it work. Um, but you don't have to do that. It can't, you can take like small steps and the small step could be like, just go buy a camera, yeah. just go to the thrift shop, go to a pawn shop, get a camera and just start there. And I swear, like it gets, like you said earlier, the snowball effect like it just keeps going like it doesn't just start out with like you know getting 50 clients a year it starts out with like that one free client or your like best friend's kid that you want to take photos of or like you know things like that it just like kind of starts that and you're like okay let's get this going and that's how you know that's how you end up here and like last thing is more geared towards parents, whether that's a mom or a dad, is like when you are running your own business, you are showing your kids an example of what hard work looks like. You are being that example to show kids what is possible and giving them a very solid example on what success can look like. Um, for me, that was huge. I grew up with working parents my parents barely made anything. And for me, I always wanted my kids to have more. And my career has allowed my kids to have more than I ever had in my life. But now my kids have an example of what hard work looks like and what honest hard work looks like. So when they are playing sports, they know that if they want to succeed, they're going to have to play hard. Um, And if at school they have to do well, you have to do, you have to put yourself in those hard situations to overcome obstacles um, in a kind and fair way. So you are being the best example for your children, building your business in an honest and kind way. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So good. Snap, snaps for that. That was such a great <laughs> way to end the episode. You had such great tips. Like, I just love talking to people that have kids because I'm just like, oh my gosh, literally, how do you do this? Because even I struggle, but of course, I don't have kids. So it's like, I don't know what it's like. So I can't compare. I can't, I can only just try to understand what it would be like and hopefully help out other moms um, try to, you know, be, be kind to themselves because it's not, it's not going to look like my journey and it might not even look like yours. It might take more time. It might take way less time. You know, it just really depends on like all the external factors. Everyone's so different. And again, like build your business, how you want to build your business. You don't have to look at anybody else's and think, oh, that's what I need to do because it's just not like <laughs> you can do whatever you want, which is the beauty of exactly. owning your own business. You can do whatever and it you want. Like whatever you, <laughs> you can like, build your own you know? schedule. Uh, no two businesses look the same. Like you and I, like we talk all the time about business. We see eye to eye on the majority of things. 
However, my business does not look like your business. We run our businesses differently, but yet we are both wildly successful. And that is the beauty of entrepreneurship. Yeah. And there's clients for everyone. So even if someone else's business looks different, like they're going to have their own clients that they're going to book. So that's another thing that we could probably spend like an hour talking on. Like there is clients for everyone. There's clients. I don't want all the clients. Yeah, exactly. You can't even take that many clients. So it's like you have to give it like these people are going to have to find someone else. And I promise you there's not that many photographers where you're not going to be able to find any clients. <laughs> it's just not possible. Like I don't even honestly, I didn't even know a single photographer. I didn't even know that was like yeah. it's really not as common as you think when you get into the industry. I only knew of picture people. You only knew what? I only knew of picture people or like JC Pennies. Yes. Like that's what I thought of. Like when I thought of a photographer, like I thought of like hobbyists, like my aunt who like had a camera like for all of our family functions or like to go take pictures like randomly in a field. But like when I thought of like professional photos, like I thought of like picture people or JC Pennies. Well, that's who I thought of too. Yeah. But like, Literally all even, I of. even knowing that, like, Bill had no idea you could build a career off of photography. Yeah. And, like, even I've just been learning more about, like, um, studio session. What is it called? Like, e-commerce branding and, like, yeah. you know, product photography. So there's so many different avenues for people to take. And it doesn't even have to be weddings. Yeah. It could be so many other things, which I think is so cool. And a lot of people make money doing branding, doing product photography, doing all of these other things. So there is not just one way to do it. You don't have to be a wedding photographer, I promise. <laughs> you can make money doing other things. And like, you know, I, I wasn't a product photographer. Maybe one day I will be, but there's options for whatever style yeah. photography you want to do. Like families, family sessions, people yeah. think that you can't really make any money off off of family sessions, but you can. So it's just really what you want to do there's and how you build your business. Yeah, there's five-figure portrait photographers. There's five-figure photographers who do product, do real estate. There's Real estate, yes, business. that's another one I always forget about. Yeah, there's an avenue for everyone. Your business does not have to look like mine, but you are being an example to your kids that you can be creative and you could have a creative business and still be wildly successful which opens so many more doors to them because they can see the world in a totally different way than I might, that I did. Like I thought the only way to be successful was to go to grad school and get a typical career as a therapist. I thought that was which the only crazy. way that I was going to be successful. Um, and I have obviously broken all those rules. Um, I mean, same. I literally dropped out of college to build a business, which people would be like, you're, you're going to do that? Really? Are you um, sure? Yeah. Um, but I just had to follow my gut. It was like, it was like such like, I don't know. I, I could almost like feel it. It was like the right thing to do. And thank God I did because it yeah. worked out. And now I love what I do. And I'm glad that I was able to figure that out, you know, it took me a while. I mean, it took me literally, I think, like five years to try to figure that out. And I was just doing photography and even doing it as a side business. It was just kind of like whenever I had time. And it wasn't until I got to college that I was like, 
actually, like, why am I not doing this as a business? That's all I talk about. That's all I want to do. Like, I don't even focus on school. So why not just, you know, take this risk and I'll go back to school. It's not like it's going anywhere. The only thing that was stopping me is like what other people were thinking of me or like what other people would think of me during that time. Like all my classmates, my professors, like this girl's like crazy. Like, why would she ever like just drop out and just go do something that, you know, people would see as like a failure because you're not getting a degree. And yeah. so it's good to have like both sides too, like the experience of you going and getting your master's and then not even doing anything with that right now. And still paying off all my student loans. <laughs> so it, yeah. it definitely a learning lesson, but now your kids like will have that to take with them, yeah. you know, and to learn from it or to just be like, oh, I do want to go to school. And you'd be like, okay, that's fine. Like, do whatever you want to do. Like, love what you do. That's like the only thing because you can make money doing yeah. whatever you want. Yeah. Well, I am so glad that we were able to have our paths cross through education um, because it is such an honor having you as a friend and having you to bounce business ideas off of and talk about business with. Um, Even though we are in different stages of life. So I'm glad that the universe put us in each other's lives, but also giving me the opportunity to talk about business with you on your podcast. Yes, no, thank you for coming on and giving like a different perspective than I could ever give. It's just so wildly different but also like it's really we're doing the same things you're just doing it a little bit differently than I am and you're you know you're not all not only a business owner but you're also a mom and so just combining those two beautifully like you just do it so well I I literally tell everyone I'm not even kidding I'm like (laughs) she knows what she's doing she handles everything so well she's so organized she's so amazing so yeah you are just I don't know you're just like a super mom is what I would call it (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I want to be like her when I grow up. (laughs) You will be just like me, if not better. (laughs) Like, I I don't know, just like even maybe one day I'll listen back to this and be like, okay, she said this, like, I I can do this. So thank you you for for being on my podcast and talking about this, everything about being mom, being a business owner and, you know, talking about the mindset aspect of everything. So thank you. And I almost forgot, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram pretty much daily. My Instagram handle is Kirsten Ashley Photography. Um, you could find me there literally every day on my story talking about business. I share my personal life pretty pretty frequently on there yeah, as well. So you do for sure. Connect yeah. with me on there. Yes, I'll try to leave uh, that in the show notes so that people can can go find you. Yes, I'm sure. Uh, they'll love their journey. Connect with me on there. Definitely send me a DM. I'm happy to have any conversations about business and motherhood and scheduling. Even if you're not a mom and you are like struggling when it comes to your mindset or scheduling things, like I would love to talk with you and like help you figure out like where you are struggling in your business and figuring out how to get you out of that, out of that struggling spot and hopefully i can get you you. on the podcast to talk about other stuff because we could talk like all day (laughs) oh my gosh we feel like we could talk about business literally all day and not run out of things to talk about so for sure (laughs)